conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me before we dive into this episode of Welcome to Geekdom, I wanted to share a couple ways you can support the podcast. The best way is to tell your friends about it. Post about the show on social media, just text them about it. If you enjoy these episodes, it really does help. And if you are really dedicated to the podcast, you can support on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, Welcome to Geekdom is back. Today I am joined by Janice Hawkins and we're talking all about Men in Black, a movie that I had not seen in forever, apparently, because I forgot so much of it. Janice, how are you doing today? I am doing so well. I love Men in Black. I'm so excited to talk about it. How about you? How are you doing? I was looking for this movie because I knew a Men in Black movie existed in this house. And then I went and found the DVD collection and we had Men in Black 2. And I was like, why does this keep happening to me? Because it seems like having sequels to things is just a thing my parents did. And we were like, we had to have had the first one at some point. <laughs> but I think it might have been on VHS and it is lost to the ether now. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think your parents just love lending out the first movie so much that they uh, end up not lending out the second? <laughs> I have no idea. But we have definitely lended out movies that never came back, which is how I had to buy another copy of the Back to the Future trilogy for my dad for his birthday, because I was like, I don't know where these went. I don't know what happened to them. But here you go. Here's the Blu-ray. Maybe they got in their own DeLorean and they went back. And so I'll get them one day again. Maybe, maybe. But I don't know. We already passed 2015. It's true. <laughs> but you suggested Men in Black. And I was like, okay, I can have fun with this one. Why did you want to talk about Men in Black, though? So that's a great question. Kind of like you, I hadn't watched it in a long time, but I have this memory of it being like one of the greatest movies ever. Because when I was like eight or nine years old, I think I watched it a hundred times. Um, I, I am big on rewatching a movie that I love over and over and over again. And um, I know I must have driven my parents crazy with Men in Black, but I know I watched it a billion times. And so when I was thinking about like, movies that are treasured to me that are fun to talk about it came up in my mind that's funny because i feel like i don't rewatch movies a ton it's like i do it for the podcast and that's almost the only time instead like when i was a kid i think i just watched scooby-doo and spongebob all the time which <laughs> seems to track <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. My roommates are patient, blessed angels who have let me make them watch Venom and the Sonic movie <laughs> at least five times each. Uh, so uh, that's a I, lot. I thank them for their patience. But yeah, I, I love just wearing out a movie until there's nothing more enjoyable in it. I also like quote one of the lines in this movie a lot in my day to day life, even though I haven't watched it in a really long time, except for this week. So it was kind of like formative in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the cast helps a lot with this movie too, because there's just so much going on. But there's really only a handful of cast members that you need to pay attention to. And I know you saw this that I tweeted out Will Smith really needs to bring some of these outfits back from this movie. Because yeah. he does not dress like a cop at all. The entire like first third of the movie probably 
And it was just so entertaining. I was like, this is so very 90s. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. And I love that, like, I'm not like other police officers. I'm a cool police (laughs) officer set up for him of giving him those outfits and that attitude. Yeah. And Vincent D'Onofrio in the whole thing is just like, (laughs) he went... He went method, I feel like, well, maybe not method is the right word, but he went so into this character in a way that, like, I have so much respect (laughs) in my soul for everything he did. Because he was just like, I'm going to be a cockroach man, and I'm going to be the most convincing cockroach you've ever seen. He really was, too. I was like, oh my goodness, I cannot look at this guy the same way (laughs) after this performance. Because now when I think of him, I think of him as Fisk from Daredevil and he's like this big massive dude who is bald and then I saw this and I was like what is going on I forgot that he was Fisk oh my gosh yeah he really just gets into whatever he's doing I think this is an underrated actor by far like he wore uh, in Men in Black he wore like leg braces so that his legs like naturally could not move in the correct way so that he could be this cockroach alien. That is some dedication. Those are the things I love to hear about movies and cast members in particular. And then you have Tommy Lee Jones, who is so straight-laced in this that it just plays off of Will Smith's character so well. And it's like, they're basically just named after letters. It's like K, J, D, Z. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, great thinking. And yet they all have their own personality. <laughs> We're just going to name you letters. Tommy Lee Jones is so funny in it because I feel like you can tell that he wanted to play it so much funnier. And he's trying so hard to make jokes, but they're like, no, you got to be the like, you got to be the straight man to this <laughs> other thing. And so all of his like, his whole thing is so intentionally hilarious, but he's trying to like dial it back in a way that like I feel like if he were a real person he's like sitting there being like I'm very funny right now and (laughs) no one else is appreciating it I was watching the opening credits and I was like is there really someone named Rip Torn in this yeah (laughs) and I was like oh that wasn't a joke Yep, that's that's his, he, uh, at least his SAG name. I don't actually know if that's his human name. Let, let's see if we can find out. It's not. But his last name is Torn. Oh, okay. So clearly that was intentional. That's That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I really like about Men in Black is that it knows it's not a serious movie. And so then as soon as you get into... Tommy Lee Jones playing this serious character, you know that this government agency takes things very seriously, (laughs) as they do, but then everything surrounding it is just sort of this big joke, at least within the movie, and I think that's what makes it really enjoyable, and I think all of the characters play their parts to a T. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible that way. I love a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously and uh this is actually like based on a comic book series that's a little bit more serious and a little bit more gritty and i've never read it but i'm kind of like hesitant to because one of the magic things about the men in black series to me is that it's like a little campy a little fun 
on top of this premise. And I'm not sure I'm ready for the like gritty reboot original version of the series. I forgot all about it being based off of the comics because I saw the end. I was like, Marvel. I was like, I don't think I've seen that because I subscribe to Marvel Unlimited, but it's like they don't have everything that Marvel's put out on there. It's like they only have the Marvel IP on there. So I was like trying to find the Stephen King comics on there and they weren't there. And then I went out of curiosity this morning and looked up Men in Black. I was like, those aren't there either. And I think it's because Marvel bought the company that originally released the comics. So it's not like Marvel is the company that created the comics. But I was like, I think I might want to track these down. But like you said, I'm a little worried that the movie's so good that the comics won't live up to it, even though they came first. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I love when uh, a new thing, like an adaptation, is able to be its own thing or like make the original media into something that's enjoyable in a different way. Yeah. And the fact that this is an adaptation, it's just like, okay, I don't know how this compares to the source material. Because typically, I like to read whatever came first, and then dive into the movies and stuff. But I've done things backwards quite a bit, especially doing a Stephen King podcast, because I had watched like, (laughs) Stephen King shows before starting the podcast and movies, obviously. So then I was like, oh, I should have read all these things first. Because, you know, like, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining is not the same as the book. No, not at all. That's really interesting. I kind of personally enjoy doing the opposite. I like to experience the adaptation first so that my opinion of the source material doesn't, like, harm my opinion of the adaptation. And then I like to go back and ingest, like, read Fight Club after having seen the movie and go, wow, they did a really good job of making this book into something watchable, like, li- like from a plot mm-hmm. linearity standpoint, or like, oh, okay, Kick-Ass, the movie is a fantastic adaptation of the book, cool, versus I feel like if I do the original first, then I'm, like, almost always let down. Yeah, and to dive into the plot and the story for Men in Black... I like that they don't waste a ton of time introducing all of these different like alien life forms. And then when Will Smith's character Jay is being recruited, basically, and he sees the aliens pouring the coffee and everything, that's when I think the movie really starts to click. And it's just complete hilarity ensues after that because you have Will Smith just doing all of these things out in public that he definitely should not be doing out in public. And it's just one of those things where I was like, man, I don't remember most of this movie, but I definitely forgot how funny it was. Yeah, yeah. You've got your Will Smith loose cannon plays by his own rules, new guy kind of vibe and your Tommy Lee Jones experienced uh, guy ready to retire, had enough of this shit. (laughs) Um, and it's a it's a great dynamic and they play it well. One of the things that I like noticed this time watching it was like even from the start, the very first scene where you're like listening to that amazing Danny Elfman music and following the dragonfly around and it hits the windshield of the car and then the guy like the first dialogue in the movie is that guy going like damn bugs. Um, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's really clever for a way to start this movie where that's going to be the whole feeling over and over again. Yeah, and that opening scene, too, is just 
something else entirely. It almost feels like it's coming out of a different movie at first, but then as soon as Tommy Lee Jones comes on screen, you're like, okay, we know what's about to go down. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I love, I love everything about that scene too, because like the, the whole thing is that guy is like bringing people from Mexico across the border to the United States. And so like the like American sense of like illegal aliens or whatever. And here comes Tommy Lee Jones trying to vet out the one who's actually from outer space, because that's a way more important deal to him. And the border patrol are like so confused as to what's going on. (laughs) But I think there are points in the movie where they almost kind of do like a commentary in the way that like, like the X-Men is kind of like, a reflection of like racism or LGBT issues and like homophobia kind of at times men in black poises itself in a good spot to also be like a conversation about like immigration and race and stuff. And then it doesn't quite do it, but I still have fun with it. It's something they hit you with right at the start of the movie too. And I think that's what makes it work because then at first they're talking about, you know, what, they would call it as human aliens, you know, and then it turns into, oh, no, we're talking about actual aliens, too. And it goes into the immigration thing, like you said, but doesn't quite get all the way there. And I think with the aliens, you know, for Jay in particular, it's just this whole learning process, because you have the fact that, you know, he's watching someone get their head shot off. And then it just comes back. And he's like, oh, that's why you shot him in the head. And it's like, you can see the wheels turning in Uh Jay's head. And it's just like, oh, okay. He's catching a baby squid that's being given birth to. And he's like, oh, it's actually pretty cute. Like, has those moments where he's like becoming more comfortable as he's exposed to more and more. Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't even say that this has like a super solid story. It's just kind of like, hey, we got to go do these things with these aliens and then catch this one big bug who is, you know, just having cockroaches come out of his clothes everywhere. (laughs) And it's like, with a movie like this, though, I feel like you don't need that start at point A and get to point B that's super clear necessarily. It kind of gets there because you're starting out with Kay and his partner who is even older than him. And then it comes kind of full circle with him wanting to retire. And everything in between is just like a mystery story based. It's kind of like a Scooby-Doo episode. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it totally is. (laughs) They've kind of find the alien and figure out what he is and then why he's killing people. Yeah. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those kids. And yeah, totally. (laughs) I think I need to start trying to compare everything to Scooby-Doo on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that I think that works. That'll be my podcasting superpower. Yeah. Speaking of his old partner, like I got a little bit like misty-eyed and nostalgic at the first scene just because I was like, man, I wish that like when I retire from my job, somebody could just flash away all of my memories of working. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd get to have some like happy implanted other memories instead. And the newspaper at the end, it was just like, man comes out of 40-year coma. I was like, <laughs> okay, that is one way to cover it all up. Why not? The stories that they make up to when they're, you know, erasing everyone's memories I was so good and then when Jay is like hold on we can do better (laughs) 
<laughs> he wants to take care of people. Uh, when they do that, uh, maybe we'll, we should, I probably get to it linearly, but like, I love on that note, like when K, I have to remember the people. When yeah, K, same. <laughs> it's just letters. I know, right? When K's talking to Edgar's wife, and after he flashes her memory, he gives like five different, really common government excuses for alien activity all at once. He just says all five of them as if it was a coherent thing, like the light from Venus and the gas from a weather balloon exploded. And also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you put your left hand in and out and shake it all about like he just does all of them and you're like okay and and then Jay's like so go take a shower and like go buy yourself some dresses <laughs> he's just adding all this stuff yeah he didn't leave you you left him <laughs> he's very supportive he wants her to have a better life and he's like you got to be responsible with this don't just like give people brain cancer don't flash them eight times <laughs> like come on and then he was like you know get an interior designer because oof yeah yeah that decoration yeah and like she's gonna be much better on without edgar because edgar deserved everything that happened to him so <laughs> he really did i i approve <laughs> That's the thing, because with Edgar, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio's performance is perfect, but he wasn't a likable character to begin with. So you don't even feel bad about this alien taking over his body and completely ruining his life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, In fact, he was probably nicer to his wife as the alien than he was before. So, you know, unfortunately, an improvement. He just wanted sugar water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like any normal person. I was like, oh, okay. That's very strange. Yeah. My favorite little, like, tiny gag off of that is that when they do go talk to her uh, and she gives them the lemonade and, like, they open with, like, Will Smith taking a sip of this, like, lemon water and he spits it back out. That's because they don't have sugar. So <laughs> it's not sweetened. It wouldn't taste good at Edgar all. Edgar took it all. Mm-hmm. The fact that they only had that one thing of sugar, though, I think kind of goes to just tell you how not well off they were. Yeah. Especially living in the middle of nowhere like they did. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of like very good visual storytelling just in everything. Like the whole fact that they chose New York, too, is because they're like, people won't notice if people are aliens in New York. Like that's the most easy Makes place sense. to be where if you see someone doing something weird, you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there and Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine if Men in Black were set in Vegas, though? Oh, gosh. No, I can't. I feel like, yeah, it would be it would be very similar and very different all at the same time. All those casinos could be spaceships. So I definitely believe that. Yeah. I mean, what if someone decided that one of those things was their spaceship and then tried to steal it from the casino. I'm just going to write a whole Men in Black movie while we're here, too. Oh, yeah. Who owns that IP? Get at us. <laughs> and also, you know, incorporate Scooby-Doo. We're just going to have a crossover. That's that's what we're going to do. That would be such a good crossover. <laughs> I would love that. Oh, my gosh. Especially if they got, like, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones back into it. That would be great. I don't know who we have to call, but I would like to make this happen. Yeah, let's write a screenplay. We'll get it mocked up. We'll workshop it. We'll pitch it to the bigwigs. So aside from writing a whole new Men in Black movie, which for some reason I keep wanting to call this X-Men too, so that's, that's not helping me. I think it's because I Googled something and then like X-Men came up and I was like, oh, now I have X-Men on the brain. 
And then I name dropped X-Men in the like metaphor comparison. Doesn't help. Yeah. I, I just, I really like superheroes and Scooby-Doo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like a normal person. It's totally fine. <laughs> no judgments here. So with this story, was it important to you that it have sort of this through line of what it was trying to tell you or did it not matter at all just because it was funny enough on its own merits? That's a thinker, Deanna. (laughs) I feel like obviously when I was a kid, all of the stuff that I think about now kind of just flew totally over my head. And I liked the funny movie where the cool science stuff happens and I get to laugh a lot. But now like rewatching it, it was something that I really appreciated out of it. And to reiterate the one quote, like right before uh, Will Smith decides that he like makes his choice, they have that whole people monologue where Will Smith is like, why don't you tell people people are smart? And <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is like, people aren't smart. And when he says like 1500 years ago, everybody knew that the earth was the center of the universe. And 500 years ago, everybody knew that the earth was flat and 15 minutes ago you knew that humans were alone on this planet imagine what you'll know tomorrow like i love that <laughs> i love it so much it had and that like had a deep influence on me young but also now old one of the things i've noticed as i revisit things that i definitely watched when i was like a kid is even if it's something made for kids they definitely have things that were made for the parents who were stuck watching those things with their kids. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's clever. <laughs> yeah. What was what was one in this one? Like that quote or? Well, because I didn't remember so much of it, I think a lot of it was just how the movie started with the whole immigration thing and then taking place in New York, which has so many immigrants. I mean, you could argue everyone in New York is an immigrant, basically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's also like little bits like it kind of reminds me of Animaniacs sometimes where there's like jokes that are definitely for the parents. Like the first time Will gets his memory flashy thinged with the neuralizer, nebulizer. I don't know. One of the two. Yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones is giving the punchline to the joke. The joke is actually really dirty <laughs> like is it is a it is a kind of dirty joke if you know the whole thing and so like him giving that as the punchline in a like funny way and then will smith just being like where am i is like definitely one of those like throwaway. here's something for the parents to laugh at kind of moments yeah it's funny that you brought up animaniacs too because i watched the reboot season of that mm-hmm. So good. And it was so much funnier than I remember that show being because I think I just got so many more of the jokes. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is like, this is clever on two levels is the best kind. Yeah. <laughs> when it can appeal to the higher and the lower brain, I think is the best comedy spot. Yeah, and it's not even that Men in Black is something that I think was made for kids, but I think a lot of kids just ended up watching it for one reason or another because it's one of those movies where I don't actually know what it's rated but certain movies that came out in you know like the 80s it's like everything was g or pg unless it had like nudity in it and then it was rated r and there was no pg-13 at the time and you're just like 
oh, I see why kids from this time period saw so many of these things that probably weren't made for them. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We'll not touch the 80s with the 10-foot pole because there's so much going on there to unpack. But yeah, totally. So much. (laughs) But yeah, this was really, really fun. And I don't know if it's going to make me watch the other Men in Black movies because I definitely have not seen the new one, whatever that's called, the international International. one. I haven't either. I heard it was not good. But I was like, but look at this little alien. I just want to, I want to know what his story is. Little tiny alien. And I love Tessa Thompson and I love Chris Hemsworth. I probably, I mean, I've watched Venom like 30 times. I should probably watch Men in Black International. I feel like it's probably going to be fine. I feel like even if you have movies like this that are bad, they're still fun Mm -hmm. because I've watched a lot of Stephen King stuff that has not been good by any stretch of the imagination, but at least some of it has been stupidly fun to watch. Oh, good. Yeah. You got to have that silver lining. If it's just, if it's both bads, then it's unpleasant. I've had lots of those too. I'm so sorry. But Men in Black is good and fun, mm-hmm. so it's even better. It's a fight like uh it's it's in my favorites. It's one of the best. One thing I wanted to talk about with this too because it came out in 97 was how well it holds up because I was watching this and I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the effects and everything and what the aliens looked like and I was like, "Oh no, this looks good still. It's not like unwatchable by any stretch of the imagination." Yeah, I feel like there was a time period, because so much of it is practical Mm -hmm. and really good, and I'd love to talk about Vincent D'Onofrio's rapidly decaying Edgar Corpse (laughs) in a second, but like, so much of it is practical, but even the ones, parts that aren't like the CG stuff, there's like a window before the 2000s where CG, for some reason, still looked good to a degree, and then it got into the 2000 era, and it's like technology was rapidly evolving so fast that like the next year a movie would look old with the cg and it would look out of place but like in the 90s for some reason whatever they were doing was just enough that like you still felt grounded in the situation a little bit yeah and practical effects help a lot because i think that's why so many people still really love Star Wars and even Jaws, even though you know that, (laughs) yeah, even though in Jaws, you know, the shark isn't real and it does not remotely look real, but it's like, okay, this was 1975. We can forgive it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Jurassic Park, like those are just, that's a whole T-Rex. They just made that whole T-Rex and it broke half the time, but like (laughs) it was still very good. Yeah. When, uh, when they open up the alien prince guy's head, And it's the tiny alien on his little, like, control panel and stuff. Yeah. For a minute, I was like, oh, this has to be CG. And the more I was, like, looking at it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is all practical. Like, this is just a little guy that they really made. Yeah. And because of things being practical and more mechanical, it just looks better on the screen, too. You know, however many years later it is. I don't want to do the math. It's a lot. It's like 24 years later now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's still just a little guy in the meat space. So so it's believable. Yeah. All the like costume makeup and everything that they put on Edgar was great because like you think about it and he's an alien in a skin suit, uh-huh. but that skin needs organs and blood 
and <laughs> everything to survive. And so every scene that he's in throughout the course of the movie, it starts to get looser and it starts to get like green at the fingers and it starts to like his eyes start to go milky because there's not really anything there. And just like every single shot is like disgusting, but in like an amazing, beautiful <laughs> way. You can just see this man rot. And they start off with that right away mm-hmm. because then he, you have him like pulling the skin up when yeah. the wife says something and it's just that like matters? so ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. So horrifying. But oh, they really played that well. And just the way that like it'll like bunch around his neck and stuff. They did such a good job with his makeup. They really did. And another thing I really enjoyed about this movie were the set designs. Absolutely. Because you have the morgue that they spend quite a bit of time in. The office just looks so space futuristic kind of style. But then you still have everyone sitting at their desks and it's like a very office-like environment at the same time, just with like this alien tweak to it yeah and and it was an open concept office too so they were like way ahead of their time in terms of that unless they're to blame is men in black to blame which is why it goes terribly wrong when that thing starts bouncing all around the office (laughs) yeah oh gosh you can't contain it because it's just open (laughs) that's literally what my first day at that place would be for sure (laughs) oops did i do that yeah, I just be like, oh, what's that? And touch it and touch everything and then accidentally destroy the office and oh, like millions of government dollars day one. And I love also like when they do the test for Will Smith, for James, I guess at the time. But when he goes in to do the test and he's got all those other military dudes who are just parroting back everything that Zed tells them and they don't know why they're there and they aren't questioning it and he like pulls the table up and bees real logical or like the shooting scene. They're just literally shooting any alien on site versus he's like being kind of methodical and like evaluating which one seems like a real threat. Like all of that is such a funny thing. And then for Zed at the end to be like, you're everything that we've come to expect from years of government training was like, this is so, (laughs) that's like that adult humor moment. I feel like for sure. Yep. It's that commentary that you wouldn't expect to come out of a movie like this. And that noise that the table makes when he drags it over to his chair. It's like, no, my ears. Please oh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you could have just walked over to it. Why did you have to pull it to you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just sit on the floor. <laughs> Please. For the sake of our ears. Nah, he's got to be cool. He's wearing those cool pants. So many cool pants. Mm-hmm. But all around the production on this was really well done. And like you said, the CGI, for whatever reason, looked better at this point in time than it did in like a bunch of early 2000s stuff that a lot of people have seen. And I think the thing is they didn't overuse it. There were some movies, as soon as like the technology started getting there a little faster, they were like, great, let's do nearly all CGI for these action scenes. And you're like, no no why they got a new toy and they kind of ran with it i mean i understand that (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah i'm sorry i described your life the one downside to that though they did do it a little bit because they blew a huge chunk of their budget on the giant cockroach in the end being cg and like the the effects guy the puppeteer guy 
had actually made like a thing to be used in those scenes and they didn't use it at all for that. So they did kind of, we did lose an opportunity for another like really cool, big robotic thing, but the CG didn't, it still looked good. Yeah. And I always put these things in the context of when they were made and then whether or not they still hold up because I recently watched all three Back to the Future movies and I was like, oh, with the exception of like the electricity and the lightning, which all look bad in like every movie that put that in (laughs) with CG, it looks really good still. And I was like, I really appreciate when movies are able to do that. And obviously, it's a lot easier for movies that have bigger budgets. But, you know, Star Wars created this whole world with different species. And it's all practical effects pretty much it's so great and like it must be so fun to make those too yeah like very time consuming though i imagine (laughs) oh absolutely just being one of those like puppeteers or something would seems like that would be so much fun yeah that's a you really have to love what you do job because i'm sure it's also tedious but it seems so worth it in the end especially when you get to see how these things take on a life of their own after the fact. Because obviously they wouldn't have done Men in Black International if people weren't still excited about the Men in Black IP. And that movie was what? Was it 2019? I think so. That sounds right. What is time? Yeah. I mean, we've been living in one continuous year for the last two (laughs) years. So I think that 2019 makes sense. Yeah. It was somewhere around there anyway. And Like we said, neither of us have seen it, but just the fact that they were willing to explore that world again, I'm kind of curious if they're going to keep it going and do something else with maybe the same cast. That would be cool. Uh, Yeah, I hope it was successful enough that maybe they can get more into the Men in Black world. Because it feels like this barely touched the surface of what the Men in Black do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, even when, like you had said, when Will Smith is doing all these things in public that he shouldn't be doing, like, Kay comes and confronts Jay and he's like, there's always a death ray or a laser beam or something going to explode. The only way these people are happy is because they don't know about it. But he's like, this is like a Tuesday, Jay. (laughs) We have to deal with this all the time. It's fine. And it's one of those things where there were aspects that came up in this movie, like the whole containment unit, and you only see them at a distance. And I was like, I kind of want to see what that entails. (laughs) You make an excellent point. What I would love, because I thought that too, when the guys came to the morgue to like give her a new brain and he was just like, oh, give them this. Because they obviously, if they have alphabetical agent names, there can only be like 26 agents, right? So then all those other people aren't agents. They have different jobs. And so Uh like, I would love a like here whoever makes tv and movies like again get at us but like what about like an office show (laughs) like the office but it's men in black like agents of shield but it's men in black where we just hear about those people instead and what they can do is they can do sort of like an anthology thing like castle rock did and tell one story season one tell another story season two and have a through line between the two seasons or three seasons however long they go and just give you like all of those bits and pieces from the men in black world that we don't get to see in the movies yeah yeah i would love that like especially for like the aliens who work for the men in black like 
That's very interesting. <laughs> what are their motivations? Like, oh, this is a great show. And what are their jobs? Yeah. We didn't really see what their jobs even were other than the ones pouring coffee. And is that their job or do they do know. something else? You know, there was a cartoon. I wonder if this gets addressed in the cartoon. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot all yeah. about that. I forgot about it too. But the aliens that are in like the break room pouring the coffee then come in with like a bunch of cigarettes and supplies and you're like are those just for the four of them <laughs> or is that like you know are cigarettes they, like, for the office because there were like yeah. eight cartons there <laughs> i think that's just for them eight cartons yeah they can get through that in a day <laughs> maybe it doesn't affect them the way it does people oh that's true oh maybe it's like way cooler <laughs> <laughs> maybe it doesn't kill their lungs you never know they probably don't even have lungs it's fine yeah, I mean, the one guy had gill eyes or whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when they were doing that autopsy at the morgue, she was like, he's missing all these organs. I guess he was a, a robot suit, I guess, but you know. But there so. was still stuff in there, so it was a little confusing because I was like, are you a robot or not? That's true. That's a lot of commitment to your human suit to put things in there sloshing around that would fool. I mean, would that technically be like a humanoid? I don't I don't know these terms. I'm just saying words. Yeah, yeah. I think that we're definitely the people who should be classifying all of this because we're very knowledgeable about this whole area. But uh, yeah, huh. What would you put liquid? This makes me think about sometimes I've been watching Buffy for the first time ever in my life with my roommate and they don't have consistent vampire rules. And so sometimes they bleed and sometimes they don't have blood and sometimes they... You know, like like things that don't make sense consistently within the framework of the universe. And so, you know, I was reading a Spider-Man comic <laughs> the other day, mm -hmm. and I think the way they were able to make the vampire bleed was when he was weak and needing to feed. But I don't know if that's a rule. Yeah. So every like canon establishes their own vampire rules. But as long as they're consistent, I don't care. Um, but like literally back-to-back -back episodes in Buffy, they will change the vampire rules, and I'll be like, okay. So I'm like, what are the what are the alien rules of the organs in this guy? Does he need? You them? can just blame Joss Whedon. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll call me and Joss go way back. I'll call him up and <laughs> see if he knows. Can you explain this to me, please? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Goodbye, strange person yeah. I've never met. <laughs> I'm sure he would love that conversation. I would end up saying too many things. I'd be like, and also, why did you do this? And how did you do that to Marvel? And why does Hawkeye have a family that's secret? I would just go off the rails. I can't have that. I can't talk to him. It would be too much for you to take. But is there anything else you want to touch on with Men in Black before we dive into ratings? There is one thing that I do want to talk about before we move on, and it is that the cat Orion I am obsessed with. It is just a very good cat actor, and I love that that cat loves its person and that it knows, like, because it goes with them to the morgue. Like, it stays mm -hmm. on the body and stays with it. So that cat knows that his owner is not that, like, humanoid meat suit. It's got to be the little guy inside. Um yeah. So I like to imagine that when they're like home at the end of the day, like he go he stops doing the jewelry thing and he goes back inside that he like opens up the face and climbs out and like just rides Orion around his apartment and that they're best friends. That's that's my headcanon. We need a whole episode just on that. Yeah, the show could do that. It would be so good. I would watch that episode 
just ad nauseum for years. Your roommates are going to love you. <laughs> yes. I mean, they already do. So it's fine. They'd be like, what do you want to watch, Jansen? be like, oh, the cat episode of Men in Black again. They're like, all right. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Here we go for the 50th time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I just want to watch a bunch of Men in Black things that don't exist. Yeah. I, gotta, I guess I got to watch the cartoon and the other movies. Yeah. Will they still be good? You have more homework now. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I better not start a podcast about every Men in Black thing. <laughs> you probably could, but... We don't have to have you do that. Instead, right now, we should go on to our ratings. You said this was a favorite of yours, so I'm going to guess that means a five out of five for you. Yes, you are correct. For me, this was a solid four because I had questions. I was like, but I want to see what those people are doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in my brain, I was like, this was very fun, very entertaining, but I wanted them to do things that they didn't do. Uh, maybe they do them later. You'd maybe. have to like rate the franchise. Maybe. Gonna have to dig out that Men in Black 2 DVD again. Mm-hmm. Once Chat Cemetery's done, then it's like, I can't think of a good Chat Cemetery pun, but you know, <laughs> just adapt it to the new Men in Black adventure you're gonna go on. Just gonna change it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone's gonna just listen one day and you're gonna be talking about aliens instead. I mean... I'm sure that there's some aliens in there, right? There's There's been a few. I have not enjoyed <laughs> most of them. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say I will not be starting a podcast specifically on the Tommyknockers anytime soon. Ever. Men in Black aliens are much more fun than Tommyknockers. Let's just put it that way. But are they as fun to say? Because I don't know anything about Tommyknockers, but I love that word. You know, it is a very fun word. Nothing else was fun. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I was like, why Why is this book 700 pages? 700. Ooh, he loves to put words down, huh? <laughs> This was when he was like going through his big withdrawal phase because he had gone to rehab to get clean from his mega cocaine addiction in the 80s. And then this is what came out of that. And I was like, oh, the cocaine years were better. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's terrible, but that's so funny. It is terrible. And, you know, I, I think Stephen King is fine now, relatively speaking, anyway, as far as the cocaine addiction goes. But I have gotten us a little off track here. Janice, we're doing a new segment here where we recommend something that if you like Men in Black, you should also check this out. What is your recommendation for everyone? All right. Well, so if you like Men in Black, obviously the things that you would like about it are like the buddy cop thing the giant bug fight scene at the end uh and will smith not only being in it but having his own rap song and music video so if you like this you should watch wild wild west i have not seen that so i should take that recommendation and go do that i don't think i've seen it i don't really know here's the thing i watched a lot of things with my parents growing up and i don't have a recollection of most of them because most of the DVD collection we have is movies they bought, not movies that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I just know I have seen a bunch of these things and whether or not I remember them is a whole other story because I was like, you know, we had the Back to the Future trilogy. I'm pretty sure at some point I watched all three of them. Beyond the first movie, I did not remember <laughs> anything. Yeah. Oh, if you if you do watch Wild Wild West, I'll like, spoiler alert, it's probably only a three 
but it is funny. <laughs> and so if you watch it, let me know and we can talk about it again. Okay. My recommendation is still on the alien front, but definitely not quite as funny, possibly. And my recommendation is E.T. Classic. Oh, so good. If you just want to want an alien buddy to look at, there you go. E.T.'s got you covered. Yeah. He actually gets to go home. So that's good. Yeah. Un- unlike right? the bug. Oh, is that spoilers? Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait. <laughs> Did I spoil it? I mean, if E.T. has not been spoiled for you yet, (laughs) I don't know what rock you're living under. Many people listening, you should listen to this thing. And I'm like, this is what happens at the end. Watch this movie, but Janice is going to tell you what happens first. Whoops. Sorry. Well, Janice, do you have any final thoughts here before we wrap up? No. Nope. Love this movie. If you haven't seen it, please, please watch it. It's so good. Well, thank you for suggesting it and coming on to discuss it. It was definitely a fun time. It was a great way to end the week. I was like, oh, is this what people do on Friday nights? They just watch funny movies? Because I don't watch a lot of comedy stuff. So, Oh, I have lots of recommendations there. I'm glad that helped. Yeah, and thank you for having me on here. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at Geekdom Pod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram. And as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.